Should Christians use cuss words? Should Christians use cuss words even if they're getting a point across? Should Christians use cuss words in big songs that are for the working man, or at least professing Christians? Is cussing okay at all? That's what we're going to talk about here on the Doctrine Matters podcast as we look at a couple of people who recently have been in the spotlight for using cuss words mixed with either the Bible or being a pastor himself. So let's talk about that. Stay tuned. The Doctrine Matters podcast starts right now. Welcome to the Doctrine Matters podcast, a tool to help believers rediscover true biblical doctrine and to help them understand and live out their faith in their homes, in their churches, and in their communities. Thank you for listening to this episode. Let's get right to it. Welcome, everybody, to the Doctrine Matters podcast, where today we're going to be talking about something that has just really blown up over the last couple of weeks, and that is cussing. Should believers use cuss words? Should we use cuss words if we're communicating with people that may not know church language? Maybe if we're communicating with people that are unbelievers, is it going to help them understand and bring us, bring them into the church? Is, is it is it becoming all things for all people, as Paul says? Is that what we're supposed to do? We're fixing to look at a brief clip from a podcast and you may know him as Tim Ross. Some of you may not know him at all. Uh, he is the one that uh, I did a, an episode a while back about he called uh, Jesus a stripper because he stripped and shed his, uh, laid down his life, all these things, and talked about booty cheeks, and it, it was just awful. Um, I believe he's a part of Transformation Church. I could be wrong in that, but uh, that is who we're going to look at first, and then we're going to look at the man who is taking the country by storm, with his hit song now that has been at the top of the iTunes charts, Rich Men North of Richmond. We're going to talk about Oliver Anthony and, and what he did at the farmer's market in North Carolina. And we're going to talk about his song. And many believers are making this their anthem. So we're going to kind of talk about politics briefly as it relates to the scriptures and us as believers. So let's just jump right into this. I'm going to share my screen here, and I'm going to show you, and we're going to listen to this. We're going to listen to Tim Ross on a podcast. It is. It says this is not a Christian podcast, but this is a quote-unquote pastor. Uh, the basement is who I am, the basement with Tim Ross. So Tim Ross is a pastor, quote-unquote, and we're going to listen to what he says about language, and then we're going to talk about that briefly before we roll into the Oliver Anthony stuff, and then we're going to kind of close it all with some Bible stuff and talking about politics as it mix, mixes with our daily lives. So let's just listen to this really quickly. Uh, I wish you to tell me this up front, but again, when the Lord tells you to do stuff that's uncomfortable, you just got to shed the layers of what you believe, how you believe, how you've done it, what because I would normally like it wouldn't I would never even consider that. But he said, your your language is bait for the people I want you to reach. Keep this in mind. He says, your language this this is the Lord telling him this. Your language is bait 
for the people he wants Tim Ross to reach. So in other words, in my mind, I'm thinking that maybe his justification for using harsh language and bad words are becoming all things for all people, as Paul says. But I don't think that's what Paul meant in that passage of Scripture. But let's continue to listen. Just keep in mind, the Lord told him his language is bait for people that he wants Tim Ross to reach. And if there's people that are saying, stop, you're cussing. Hell. Hell. Damn. Yeah. Not yeah. B, not F, not MF, not A-hole. Not. And I'm comfortable with those words. Mm-hmm. I don't have a reason to say them right now. So mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, good Lord have mercy. I, I just realized if that's the response, you're not the person mm. I'm trying to catch. So this I love- is bait. Yeah, this is the this is this is deep sea fishing. This is not a few minnows in the shallow. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get to some people that are not listening to my preaching clips. Well, you don't have to stoop that low and start cussing to reach the. No, I'm so sorry, y'all. I'm gonna look dead in this camera again. This is the way I've always talked. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry to disappoint you. I don't want to. I don't want you to think I've always talked like this. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right, so a couple of things here that I want to point out. He mentions he's deep sea fishing. He's fishing for men. He's fishing for these that would fall under maybe kind of um, out from under the religious realm, no church background, maybe some church background, but has been hurt, but it's kind of living a life of sin, unregenerate people. Then he's being a fisher of men. And he says the bait is... And he did the fishing motion, if you're not watching on YouTube or Facebook. He did the fishing motion as he is throwing cuss words into the deep, hoping that he would hook someone. But that is not what the gospel tells us. The gospel doesn't say go and preach the good news of cuss words or go and preach cuss words. No. When Jesus said make fishers of men, he didn't say get down there, say bad words, say filthy words, use coarse language to reach those that otherwise would be unreachable. No, we go reach men, whether it's in the deep or minnows in the shallow. We teach the gospel. We proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is how we fish for men, not with cuss words or crude words or coarse words or or, or filthy language. We use and preach the gospel. That is what saves people. That's what brings people in uh, to Christ. God is calling someone to himself as they hear the gospel and the Holy Spirit's drawing that man or woman to himself through Christ Jesus alone. And we do not have to use words like this to make our point or to reach men and women for Christ. And then he goes on to say, this is the way he's always been. He hasn't changed. The last time I checked, the, when when God saves someone, we become a new creation, a new creature. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Now, some of you may be saying, well, Stephen, I'm sure you've said cuss words, and I would say I have. As a believer, I have. And I've realized that this is not the kind of language, regardless of whether I'm singing a song, repeating something I heard, 
or just using terms in general, or when I get mad, when I hit my thumb with the hammer or something, I don't have to use those words. As a matter of fact, I shouldn't use those words. I'm going to save some scripture before the end, so bear with me here. But we as believers, in my opinion, as it relates to the scripture, and I'm getting my opinion from scripture, so don't 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 bash me too hard. In my opinion, we should never have to use coarse, filthy, foolish language, not to reach men and not to make a point, which is what I believe is uh, what is happening in this next clip. And I'm sure by now you have heard all about this. If you haven't, then uh, you may be living under a rock, but this is Oliver Anthony and you have heard the song. You've likely heard it. And um, we wish politicians look out for miners and not just miners on an island somewhere. Lord, we got folks in the street, ain't got nothing to eat, and the old beast milking welfare. God, if you're five foot three and you're 300 pounds, taxes ought not to pay for your bags of fudge drowned. Young men are putting themselves six feet in the ground. Cause all this damn country does is keep on kicking them down. Lord, it's a damn shame what the world's gotten to. For people like me, people like you, wish I could just wake up. And it not be true, but it is. All oh, it is, living in the new world with an old soul. These rich men know the rich men. Lord knows they all just wanna have total control. Wanna know what you think, wanna know what you do, and then I don't think you know. But I know that you do, cause your dollar ain't shit, and it's taxed to no end, cause the rich men, not the rich men. All right, uh, there is that song, part of it, not all of it. So um, you may recognize this song. You may recognize the famous redhead with the red beard here that has taken the world by storm with his song. Rich men north of Richmond, and that is those in Washington, D.C., politicians, things of that nature. Now, let me say this. Stephen, you may say this is a wonderful song that represents who we are right now in America, and I would say exactly. I believe it does, too. I I mean, I, I think it's a good song. As an American, I this resonates with me. Like I, I more than anybody would love to have our freedoms. I would love for gas to be back down to like 98 cents a gallon. I would love for people to be able to afford bread and milk. I would love for the, the welfare system to be done right and treat people fairly. And, and like he says, that if you're 5'3 and you weigh 300 pounds, then taxes shouldn't pay for your bags of fudge rounds. I, I mean, I get that. As an American, those are things that... I want to see. So, yes, this song resonates with me in such a way that I'm like, yes, I like this. But here is a problem. The language that is in the song is a problem. And and you may think I'm being petty, but I'm going to show you why I don't think I'm being petty here in just a minute. Uh, So I want to show you this last clip before we get into the scripture aspect of this. and. 
I just want to show you what happened. This is at some farmer's market in uh, North Carolina, I believe, that he sang at last Sunday. And I just want you to see what happens, <clears throat> excuse me, before he sang this song. So here we go. And you may have seen this or heard this, but we'll uh, we'll watch it together. This is in uh, Psalm, Psalm 37, 12 through 20. The wicked plot against the righteous and gnash their teeth at them. But the Lord laughs at the wicked, for he knows their day is coming. The wicked draw the sword and bend the bow to bring down the poor and needy, to slay those whose ways are upright. But their swords will pierce their own hearts and their bows will be broken. Better the little that have righteousness than the wealth of many wicked. For the power of the wicked will be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. The blameless spend their days under the Lord's care, and their inheritance will endure forever. In times of disaster, they will not wither. In days of famine, they will have plenty. But the wicked will perish. Though the Lord's enemies are like the flowers of the field, they will be consumed, and they will go up in smoke. All right, that's uh, that is Oliver Anthony sharing some scripture before he sang "Rich Men North of Richmond." Now. I have issues with this, not that scripture went out, and I will tell you that the scripture tells us that it will not, shall not return void. So that went out somewhere and did whatever God wanted it to do. However, what it has done is gone out out of context, in my opinion, as it relates to the politicians and the wickedness of Washington, D.C. and things like that. It's not talking about the wicked who are sinful, who are rejecting Christ. All of those who reject Christ are wicked, whether they live in Washington, D.C. or in a small town in Arkansas. Anybody who rejects Christ, who does not put their faith in the finished work of Christ, is a wicked person and will perish. Yes, the wicked come against the righteous, and the righteous at times are even sinful and evil in their own ways and need to repent. So there is this idea here that when he's throwing this out, he is separating the the ones in Washington from everybody else. But in reality, this is a psalm that talks about the wicked, those who are unregenerate, and those who are regenerate. And there's just a, 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 a fine line and a big, he's just drawing the line here and he's separating politics from normal people. And this is just evil versus non-evil, wicked against the righteous, and one day the wicked will perish. Yes, there are people in Washington, D.C. that are wicked. They're doing wicked things, uh, and one day God will judge them for that. There are some people in Washington, D.C. that are trying to do good things, I believe. I believe there are some saved people in politics trying to do good things for the glory of God and the good of man. So we have to be careful that we're not shoehorning everything into every politician is wicked, every politician is evil, every politician is going to be judged by God, because that simply may not be the truth. Now, here's the other issue I have, is reading scripture and then using filthy language in a song. 
I'll let you listen to it. There's the D word in there a couple of times, the S word in there a couple of times. So is this the type of talk that someone who professes to be a Christian should engage in? Well, I'm glad that you asked. So let's just look at Ephesians chapter 5 together. Ephesians chapter 5, Paul says in verse 1, Therefore, be imitators of God. We know this is just a continuation from chapter 4. But he says, be imitators of God. And he goes on, as beloved children, walk as you've been called, basically, in love, as Christ gave himself up for us as a sin offering and a sacrifice to God, uh, or as an offering, sorry, and a sacrifice to God, uh, an offering that he gave of himself that pleased the Father. And then Paul goes on to say, but sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not be even named among you as is proper among saints. And then he says this in verse four. Now, if you believe that the Bible is the inspired, authoritative word of God, then you have to believe that when we see coarse joking, crude talk, filthy language, bad language, and yes, even what some of you may say, well, these are just small cuss words. They're still cuss words. We know what they mean, and it falls under this. In verse 4, he says, Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. So Paul says, filthy language, filthy talk, coarse joking, all of these things are out of place for a believer. They have no place in the believer's life. So anyone who professes Christ should take this passage serious enough to say, I shouldn't say these words. I shouldn't even let them be a thought in my mind. And if they come into my mind, I should make them obedient to Christ. So we, even if we're making a point about politics and the way this world is right now and the way America is right now, it doesn't excuse us or give us the right or the ability or the freedom to use this type of language, whether in speech or in our songs. So in my opinion, from the scriptures, I believe that anyone that professes Christ, especially a pastor, should not use words like this. We call them cuss words or curse words, depending on where you're from or how you were raised. I call them cuss words around here in the South. So we shouldn't use them. Now, Oliver Anthony was making a part of a point about politics and it, it kind of drives home the point. Well, I can tell you, I've watched many movies and heard many songs that made points, made big points without using coarse language, filthy talk, and the movie or the song was just as good as if it did have it in there, if not better. So I realize that we are looking for a political savior, but that's exactly what the people were looking for in the time of Christ when he came. They thought that they would save them, that Christ would save them from the political, uh, just political heavy hand of Rome. But that's not what Christ did. He come to set people free spiritually. So if we as Americans would stop looking for political saviors, would stop looking at political songs and saying, yes, again, although I resonate with it, I like the overall message it says. Yes, we we need some help. We need some relief. There are people that are struggling here, and it's because the rich men keep getting richer. Evil keeps getting more evil, and it's just rolling downhill and affecting the common American. Yes, I get it. I'm all for it. Help. We need help. But that help is only going to come through Christ. It's only going to come through a spiritual contentment because when you have little or have much, you can be content in whatever God has given you. So 
whatever the political system looks like, we can have peace, joy, love, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, all of that in and through Christ Jesus alone as the spirit produces that in us. So that's what we need more than anything. And none of those fruit of the spirit say that we should be cussing and using filthy language to whether we're reaching people or making a bold statement or have a big, clear message that we want to get across. So keep in mind that as this debate rages on, look at the Bible. What does the Bible say? This type of language, this type of foolishness and filth in our mouth is out of place for anyone that is a believer that is in Christ. It should be far from us. Now, if you were to continue reading, In verse 5 of Ephesians chapter 5, it says, For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or is covetousness has no inheritance with the kingdom of God. Impurities. The language that comes out of our mouth can be impure. So we have to look at ourselves. Are we a part of the wicked? As Oliver Anthony read, the wicked, the righteousness. If we're righteous, we're going to leave those words and that language far from our mouths But if we're wicked, it might just find its way there and stay. Now, I realize that there are going to be times where we say something that we shouldn't say. And as Christians, we'll be convicted. We'll ask forgiveness for that. We'll do whatever we can to not say words like that again. But if we make it a habit, a daily habit to say these words, then I believe that there is a problem spiritually. Either we are not truly saved or we are really far from God and we need to come back in repentance. So. My thought on this whole idea, as you've heard it, we should not be cussing regardless. And I don't think God calls us to use language to bait people to try to win them to Christ. We use the gospel and we use words that build up instead of tear down. So there's my two cents on the matter. Do I love the song? I actually like the idea behind the song and the message behind the song, but it is not the gospel. I am looking to Christ for all things, not to the government and not to overthrow the government, not for a political power. I'm looking to Christ and I'm going to be content in him until he returns or calls me home. I'd love to know what you think in the comments. What do you think about cussing? If the Lord does actually call people to cuss and use that kind of language, or if it's okay to make a statement by using that bold and cursing language in a song, or if you're trying to get a point across. I, for one, think it's sin, but I'd love to know what you think. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time, God bless.